Hello, my name is Anthony Esser. And my name is Miles Woodfield, and welcome to our podcast, Better With You. Here, we bring together people from all walks of life to dive deep into unique stories of how friendships can shape and guide us for the better. A good friend is family that you find along the way. I actually didn't like him when I first met him. <laughs> anyway. It's beautiful to have friends. So you're pretty much the greatest friend I've ever had. I was thinking a couple of days ago about when we first met and you would run through the halls yelling Spanish. Do you remember that? Yes, I really do remember that. And how much that grinded ground, ground, ground. my gears, just ground my gears <laughs> at the time. And uh, I remember, I remember grinding that, your gears. That, that was really the first introduction that I had to you. Uh, as a person, and how much I could not stand you for months when we first met. Um, I don't know that that was your first introduction to me, but it certainly was a a good introduction to that part of my personality. (laughs) Yeah, and I guess, like, I wonder, when, when you first met me, was there anything that you found challenging about dealing with me as a friend? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I thought you were a really interesting dude, but you were also kind of like, um, you really like to test test people um, and um, did not really care about their reaction so much. Uh, and so I, yeah, I, you were okay. So you had like moments where you could be a little callous, like that. We'll put it that way in your, in your sparring with people. And, um, and I tend to be a little bit more pastoral in the way I approach dialogue. And so there were times when that, when that got on my nerves, but, uh, and I, and I didn't always, and I didn't always get that, but, um, yeah, I think we've like mellowed out, but I also have come to like understand you and accept some of those things a little bit more. But yeah, totally. Well, I guess uh, th- this is what uh, we're, my interview is about today. I actually uh, we had a special treat and I interviewed my wife about different communication styles and different personalities and how they conflict with each other and how to deal with those in the moment. Yeah, I think that'll be really interesting because Carrie, um, her personality and communication style is certainly a lot different than you um, and me. And so I think talking to her about that will be really, I look forward to it. Look forward to hearing that. All right, let's get into it. Awesome. Carrie and I have been married for almost seven years and we have two daughters together, Ruby and Julia. Carrie and I met overseas while we were both in relationships with other people. She was studying philosophy, a field that, as you will see, fits her very well. We were able to sit down with a couple of Bloody Marys after the girls fell asleep and talked about her approach to friendship and conflict. Um, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Sure. If you can describe yourself in three words, what would those words be? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I would say I'm pragmatic. Pragmatic. Um... Friendly. Friendly. Um, patient. Patient. Um, has, let's use one by one, has, has the pragmatism that you, uh, you seem to take pride in it? Would you agree with that? I'm sorry? Do, do you take pride in your pragmatism? Sure, yeah. I, I'm, I think that it's been a boon to me. 
um, to use an old word. Very old word. <laughs> I think that um, pragmatism has done me well and it's lent itself well to me. I'm analytical and it's helped when things are overly emotional or over overwhelming to be able to step back and break it down. I think that's been good for me. Has it never caused you troubles in terms of your social life or friend <laughs> friend life? That I mean, wasn't a joke. I'm just asking. <laughs> I mean, sure it has. Um, I think that the level to which I am pragmatic and analytical has sometimes been hard for people to understand. Um, Can you give me an example? Sure. Um, well, uh, in college I had roommates who would not understand why I wasn't showing an emotional response to the conflicts and the, you know, daily dramas of trying to figure out how to live with friends, how, how to go from friends to roommates, you know, that, that can be a challenging moment, you know, you might you might love a person dearly, but when you realize that they leave, you know, their used tissues in the living room floor, that can be, you know, really upsetting to a person. And how but my um, friend from college sometimes didn't understand why I wasn't showing an emotional response to it when they were, you know, um, and they would feel confused and hurt and ups would sort of um, add to the upset feelings they had because of that and I would have to sort of explain myself like well you know yeah it's upsetting it's silly it's stupid it's whatever but the only person that is really being influenced by my emotional reaction is me and I'd rather use that time elsewhere and use that energy elsewhere and that was sometimes difficult for my friends to understand and it, it still is to, to a degree I mean but that as you said that's an example yeah, so, so it sounds like you you almost spoke a different language than what they did when it comes to those kind of conflicts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I certainly felt those emotions, but I was able to sort of remove myself from the emotional response and break down the situation and work through a solution, setting my emotions aside. And um, a lot of my friends weren't able to do that, and so they were depending on the level of emotion involved in the situation, either angered or confused by that reaction, because it was so foreign to them. Yeah, so so what this sounds like you, I mean, I think for both of you that must be frustrating, because you because sure. these people expected you to kind of join into their mm -hmm. I mean, I, I knew some of these people as well, so I imagine some of them kind of expected you to join into their their hate fest and just like kind of <laughs> throw fuel onto the fire um, of their emotions but at the same time I, I think that hate fest is a little bit strong um, you know what I mean like they're they're, they're they're drama fueled lives whereas like you were not mm -hmm. you must have felt frustrated having people expect you to 
act a certain way when you didn't feel comfortable doing that? Um, may, yeah, maybe. I. At the same time, I sort of understood where they were coming from, and my friends were sort of in the boat that they didn't necessarily expect you know, me to drink the Kool-Aid for for lack of a better term. You know, obviously I'm not in their mind, so I, I can't say for certain, but um, <clears throat> I don't I don't ever thought that they, like, were expecting me to be a card-carrying emotional baggage chick, you know? Um, I think that they were more of the mindset, like, explain to me where you're at because I don't understand it. And that I can absolutely respect more than a ang- anger-fueled reaction. Sure. So so it's so more, more, brought out more confusion than anger. Yeah, for the most part. Every once in a while a little pip of anger would be thrown up and we'd work through it as people do, you know? Sometimes it ended in tears, sometimes it didn't, but yeah. <laughs> mostly on their part, and that's unfortunate, but, you know, again, that's part of my processing, you know, I, I in terms of a, um, in terms of my interactions and those con- conflict moments, I tend to be more removed and be more pragmatic, I, I tend to use that as a strength, and break down the situation and be like, well, this is the logical progression, and then process my emotions alone later. Um, there's very few people in my life that I would um, feel comfortable showing that vulnerability to and showing that emotional um, side to. Carrie is, without a doubt, highly intelligent. Her emotional and cognitive abilities are bar none. As our discussion continues, we discussed her methods for calming, thinking, and reflecting in a moment of stress or anger so that she might be able to speak and act in a way that is reflective of her actual feelings, while not letting her emotions get the better of her. I kind of think of it as like a stop, drop, and roll approach to emotions. <laughs> sort of like a, I have to focus. Sounds really like not the right representation, but like collecting yourself, taking a breath, and then you know stopping what you're doing, and then kind of taking some time, and then putting out the fire so that you can be analytical and you can kind of figure out what you're thinking or even what you're feeling, has that ever gotten you in trouble with your friends? Because I imagine (laughs) that sort of approach would be difficult for some people to handle. The, are are you asking that, was it ever difficult for a person to handle my um, not having an emotional response? Yeah. On the surface? Um, Sure, absolutely. Um, I tend to compartmentalize a lot in conflict. Um, in fact, the people who know me well will sort of tease me about it. Um, <laughs> in conflict, they'll say that I nod, I take a deep breath, and then I answer. But those are honestly, um, and they'll tell you this too, um, mechanisms I use process. So there are outward signs that I am, I hear you, I, re, I am responding to you, but in my mind, I'm going about a thousand miles a minute <laughs> trying to figure out the next step. Sure. So I'll nod, 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 and then answer. 
but that 10 seconds, not 10 seconds, but 5 seconds, 3 seconds, gives me enough time to start structuring my response. Um, they say that if you're ever in a press conference, you should repeat the question back to the person yeah, you're, before you're, the, you know. And, which is a really smart idea be, because that confirms what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And if it's and if you're responding to to something that they're not saying, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's a waste of time. Um, but to answer your question, yes, it certainly has been um, something that friends have not understood and I have had some pretty meaningful conversations that have pretty much been breaking down me as a person um I have a friend named Berg who uh Burgundy Berg we talked to her oh did you good that's great um She's wonderful. <laughs> I'm sure she gave a great interview. This interview is very different than that interview. <laughs> oh, no, she, we're very different people, but we're we're friends, and that's a beautiful thing about it. You know, yeah. some sometimes friends are uh, you know opposites, and that's why we're friends. You know, we we complement each other. You know, um, anyway. So with my friend Burgundy. Uh, we had this conversation once. It was very interpersonal. We were fairly new in our friendship, and um, there was some sort of conflict. You know, we didn't understand what, how each other was communicating, and there was a little strife. And we ended up talking for a while. And I was like, I need to tell you. I need to explain to you how I process and how I communicate, because it's not how you communicate. And it was actually really productive and really beautiful. Um, because she was able to talk to me about how she processes and how she responds, which is like a 180 degree difference for me. Um, she responds emotionally at times and she, you know, sort of flies, like, kind of... Speaks her mind very quickly. Yeah. It shoots from the hip, you know, which is beautiful. And... And I take, I tend to process, and I tend to sort of retreat at times. And we didn't really understand that about each other. And talking about it and under, and like being explicit about it was really helpful for our relationship. And I, and we felt a closeness and connection because of that. You know, because once you understand that about a person, you tend to be more understanding about their reactions. So let's stop here for a second, and let me ask you this. I, I know that your friends are very... There's a lot of different people in your life, and um, there's all different kinds of personalities and philosophies and ethical systems, and I guess I wonder, are there any people who in your life who you can think of who you are, you think you're just direct, directly opposite of, and yet you keep them in your life, and why do you do that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so... In one of our episodes, we're going to be talking about, or have already talked about, um, uh, personality types a little bit more directly. And I think one of the biggest and easiest things to to look at when we talk about personalities, like extroversion and introversion, and um, that can be a really nuanced conversation. But in general, 
Um, I am definitely an extrovert, and I know um, and and really love people who are introverts. Um, so my wife is an introvert, um, and my friend Pat is an introvert who helps us out on this podcast as well, one of our producers. And um, Pat is very much an introvert, and I I love Pat and care for him very deeply. Um, but but <laughs> we definitely are, are opposite in, in that respect in a lot of ways and in the way we communicate um, for example, the other day, um, I was texting back and forth with Pat about some like tough decisions he was making and, um, uh, I had given him some advice and, and then I didn't hear from him. Like he didn't text me back. And I, I spent a long time thinking like, oh shoot, like, did I say something wrong or did I speak out of turn? Like maybe he didn't want my advice on this thing. And, and so he just like is, is, uh, you know, avoiding talking about it with me anymore. And then, like, days later, we, like, were on the phone, and, and he said, oh, yeah, I made that decision, and it turned out really great, and, and what you said was, like, really important to how I made the decision, and so thank you for your your advice. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is so typical of our interaction. It made me feel really good that, that he appreciated the advice and, and kind of affirmed our friendship again, and... Um, and so that's not to say, you know, like one way to look at it is like, oh man, I wish Pat would like text me back and say, hey, thanks for that. Um, but another way to look at it too is that I still have some lingering insecurity, even with friends who are, who are really close to me. But um, I think that just illustrates how, like, yeah, the way that we're opposite can be really, uh, really apparent sometimes. But um, those those different perspectives, you know, I think that our opposites also help us grow a lot. And so I'm really happy to have friends that are that are different than me because I have to confront those insecurities and, and he has to learn to communicate a little differently sometimes. So, yeah. Does Pat, does Pat challenge you in any way? Yeah. Well, he challenges me in that way to, to be secure in, in my friendship in with him because, um, he's not always going to like give voice to every little feeling and assure me of, of, uh, of every little interaction that this was a good interaction. Thank you for giving me this advice or for saying this. I really appreciate it. You know, I have to just be okay. I have to say my piece and, and express my care for him and then, and then be okay that he's not going to always, you know, (laughs) always come back and, and voice every feeling that he has. Um, and, but I feel like that's good for me, you know? Um, and I think that's challenged him too, to do that a little bit and to communicate a little bit more, but he's certainly done that. All right, awesome. Let's get back yeah. into it. Do, do you find that having those frank conversations with people has been sort of advantageous for you in friendships? Or do you think that um, sort of letting people figure things out as they come and, and at their own speed is better for people knowing you? I think at the beginning of relationships, I find that it's helpful just to let them sort of figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean... I think it'd be a little, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it'd be a little jarring at the beginning of a relationship to be like, hi, my name is Carrie, this is how I process. You know, that would be, that would be a lot, I think. It'd sure, be like, yeah, okay, yeah. crazy Carrie, that's your new nickname, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but as you get to know a person, as you find that, like, hey, I click with this person, hey, this this is someone that I would like to get to know more, and this is someone that seems to want to get to know me more at some point you are going to have conflict that is a nature of people and having that conversation I think denotes a certain amount of willingness to be vulnerable that 
says that you're in a deeper relationship than just a surface friendship. Sure. And when you get there, I think it's a perfect time to be like, hey, I just want you to know this is how I'm processing and this is how I'm, you know, working through these emotions and these thoughts. And it has nothing to do with you and it hasn't, and I'm not trying to offend you and this isn't me being angry or at some level of deviance. This is just me trying to figure out how I feel. And being able to say that and being able to explain that to a person, have them understand that, for me, I think is really important in deepening that relationship. So taking that step is sort of important to me. You know, that that expresses a vulnerability that I'm not necessarily willing to... I'm not necessarily willing to um, give to a lot of people. Given that conversation with Carrie, um, you know, I think she talks about how it's it's so important to have those discussions about how we communicate with other people, but it's also kind of a vulnerable discussion and when we don't have with everybody and even all of our friends. So given that, is there, how do you deal with when you approach people who communicate differently, who have different languages of, um, in talking about their emotional life? Um, how have you learned to deal with that? It's tricky and it's difficult. Um, it's different for every person. Um, even for my wife who I've been married to, like Carrie, you know, I've been married for seven years now and we're still figuring it out. It's still a ongoing process that we don't have down to a science yet, you know, and, and so, you know, when you meet people who are friends of yours, you don't see every day and you don't sleep in the same bed with, and you don't, you know, have breakfast and coffee with every day, it becomes more delicate because you don't have that store that that stockpile of good experience to lend yourself to that trust and that vulnerability and um yeah i i for me it depends on the person but usually i try to get as much information as i can beforehand and then um operate from there you know it's not exactly a thing where you can just kind of go in guns blazing you know you commented earlier about my personality being kind of like a rambo when it comes to people who are um you know who i perceive as wrong or incorrect and you know that sort of thing when people are 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 needing to communicate in a way that is vulnerable or that is you know deals with delicate subject matter if i come in guns blazing then the person's just gonna get hurt and that's not what i want um so just depends i guess how about you how do you do it yeah um i i find it really difficult too um because i i do think that there are ways of communicating that are better than others and so it's hard for me sometimes to accept that people have a different way of of communicating especially about emotion um i think some people um have have been hurt before um in relationships uh not necessarily even like a huge profound way but just are are used to being um dealing with passive aggression and and communication styles that use emotion as 
um, a weapon, you know, or as a defense mechanism. Um, and that's just how some people communicate and we can't always change other people in that way. But I do find it really hard, um, because I, I like to be understood and I like people to, and I like to try to understand exactly what people mean. And, uh, I'm not a fan of, of having to read subtext and of kind of communicating in those like back channels of passive aggression. But at the same time, I also really, I think that like body language, for example, is really important and, um, and how we, uh, for, Carrie mentioned that early in the interview, actually, she talked about, um, taking time to, to nod and, and, uh, and indicate to people that I need time to think. And so I think that those are ways that we can bridge the gap. So like, I'm not a fan of passive aggression and I really just have a hard time, um, accepting that, but I will accept that people are, I'll try to read them and say, okay, you need some space right now. And, um, so I, I think there's ways that those of us in different camps of communication can, um, can learn to make some peace for sure. And, uh, I try to, I try to make progress in that every day. I would totally agree. And, you know, it, it's, I think like what Carrie said, just having that openness to be able to talk about your talking, those meta, meta, meta linguistic, uh, strategies seem to help a lot when it comes to bridging the gap. I mean, even Carrie and I now, when we talk, if we get into an argument, she says, I need time. Then we give her time, you know, instead of having to deal with everything right in the moment, like I like, um, but you know, to just be able to keep those modes open to, you know, make sure that we're all feeling safe is really helpful. Yeah. When she uh, tells you that she needs time, is that ever difficult for you? Like I was telling you earlier about some of the anxiety that that Pat gives me when he doesn't communicate right away. Um, does it ever? Do you ever feel some of those insecurities come up when when Carrie's taking time to to process things? Do you ever have like worries and thoughts going through your mind in that in that interim period? Lots and lots of panic, absolutely, and um, <laughs> there, there, there's there's uh, there's a lot of stress that comes with that. But I also have to trust my wife in those moments and say, listen to her when she says we're okay. I just need time to process, and then I kind of you know hear that and I try to internalize it and you know just kind of take the jump. And usually it helps out a lot. Yeah, is it worth it? Every time, yeah, every time. Um, <laughs> but it's it, it's. <laughs> It doesn't always feel like that in the moment. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, um, this has gotten really personal. Um, I <laughs> You did interview uh, your wife, so. That's true. I did. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate you talking to me. And I uh, appreciate Carrie talking to me. And, uh, um, you know, it, I, I guess the, if we could take away one thing from this is just that we have to be open about our communication styles and that we have to um, not be afraid to advocate for ourselves. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you so much. Peace. Better With You is hosted by Anthony Esser and Miles Woodfield. Edited and produced by Pat Hicks with help from our creative producer, Sarah Bisha. Music in this episode is by our co-host, Miles Woodfield, on the mandolin. A special thanks to Andy Bisha and New Radio Media. Today's episode was produced by Miles Woodfield. Thank you for listening. 
Making this podcast is a lot of fun and is always better with you. Thing like, yeah, um, I'm not going down this road with you, it's not gonna happen. Um, sorry, Um, (laughs) Brubba Fett.